Welcome to the Builders Podcast, a production of the Lawrenson Center for Faith and Work at Concordia College in Moorhead, Minnesota. This podcast features the stories of builders, people who get their hands dirty making organizations, movements, and businesses. Today's conversation is with Jenny Sheets, Director of Startup Programs at Emerging Prairie. Emerging Prairie is really a remarkable organization uh, based in Fargo, um, and they have three primary initiatives. Uh, we'll hear about some of these today. One is Prairie Den, which curates events and experiences uh, that help to foster collaboration and connection among entrepreneurs and creatives. The Emerging Digital Academy, which really tries to meet the growing demand for skilled software developers. And then Grand Farm, uh, which focuses a lot on uh, energizing uh, the ag tech space. The reason I thought Jenny would be interesting on the Builders podcast is in part because she is herself a builder as the director of startup programs, but she's also somebody who's really specifically charged with enabling builders. And that's how Jenny and I first met. Uh, You all may remember that a few months back, uh, the Lawrenson Center featured Catherine Finney, uh, who is a uh, uh, works in the venture capital space, especially within medical technology, uh, an African-American woman who has done really remarkable work in, uh, uh, in investing in black businesses, and especially black businesses that, uh, 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 that, are, that are scalable. And she came to visit with us at the Lawrenson Center, met with some of our students, and also as part of that, uh, uh, visited Startup Brew, which is one of the uh, programs that uh, that Emerging Prairie puts on. It, it happens weekly at the Drecker Brewery, an incredible space, by the way. And uh, uh, what Startup Brew is really intended to do is to learn, support, and inspire entrepreneurs and innovatives, creatives, and other community members who are building things. And uh, everything from uh, kind of the nonprofit space to the business space. And uh, when I first met uh, Jenny and heard about the things she was doing, I thought that is exactly the kind of person that belongs on this podcast to help us think about the work of building. And so we're going to turn to that conversation now. Uh, Make sure to share and like the podcast and uh, uh, help us amplify uh, some of the great conversations happening here. Thanks. Jenny Sheets, welcome to uh, the Builders Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I am really excited about this conversation, Jenny. We've just recently got to know one another through Startup Brew, had a chance to uh, collaborate on one of those, and I am just so impressed with all the building that is happening around you. And and I think you just you sit in a really unique place here in the Fargo-Moorhead area in that you are b- doing your own building right here at Emerging Prairie, but part of your job is to help others build. Talk a little bit about just your role here at at Emerging Prairie. That's a great way to put it. Uh, I am the director of startup programs. So my job is to build the startup ecosystem in the Fargo-Moorhead area and beyond. And like you said, also help other people build their ideas out, whether that's a business, a nonprofit, or connecting to startups. So if they're looking to work for a startup or support a startup. And uh, so by building, we try to connect people to opportunities and resources. And one of those is through Startup Brew. And it's, it's so fun. 
Talk for those who don't know Startup Brew. The audience here is is somewhat distributed. I think probably focused a lot on like the Fargo Moorhead area. What is Startup Brew, and what's really the goal of that? It is, it, by the way, an extraordinary oh, pl- as a platform. You. It's extraordinary, but it's know. working out really well. So actually, Startup Brew is a spinoff of One Million Cups. So One Million oh, yeah. Cups is an event through the Kaufman Foundation, and we ran that here for about eight years until we decided we kind of wanted to take it in a different direction and brand our own event. So we created Startup Brew. And it's a weekly speaking series where two founders tell their founding story of how they founded their business in six minutes each. That's it. It is. <laughs> it levels the playing field, whether yeah. you know, you're the CEO and founder of a major multi-million dollar tech company or you're the founder of a, you know, we just had someone talk about um, their felting craft yeah. business. So it doesn't matter. We, we welcome everyone to the stage and it is an open and free event for anyone in the community to come be inspired by these stories and there's free coffee and it's just an hour and a half long um, and then we open it up for Q&A from the audience so people feel like they're really engaged in these founders. Uh, we find that it's the easiest way for someone to enter the startup ecosystem. If they just want to ask, you know, what is a startup? What's going on in the Fargo-Moorhead area? Come to this event. It's free. It's inclusive. It's welcoming. Uh, and every week is really fun. Yeah, no, that all of that is true. And as somebody who's coming from outside of the community, I also felt that welcome and kind of invitation because so you might think like oh that sounds intimidating all these sort of high-powered you know leaders and business people but it's actually so accessible and and uh, it, it's easy to sort of enter into conversation you all just do a good job of curating the space you know oh thank you um, yeah we had someone recently say a uh, a prominent individual in the community i won't name names he said <laughs> he said i think i was the only one in a suit in the room <laughs> I said, yes, that's that's how we want it because we don't want it to be too intimidating or feel like a businessy networking event. It's just a community event. And maybe that last comment speaks about sort of the generations that are represented there as well. It really is multi-generational. I mean, there are people who are, I mean, some of our college, Concordia college students were there at the last yes, event that I, I attended. That. And then we have people who have been in the business community and are maybe in their 60s, 70s, and maybe even older. So how do you kind of accomplish that multi-generational? That's yeah. been, you know, I don't know. I'll, I'll admit, it's been an, a wonderful Sometimes it's just accident. magic, right? It is. Where um, our marketing team is fantastic. So they do a lot of outreach and we try to think broader than just the traditional business channels. You know, who else yeah. is a wider audience who might be interested? And and I think we take a little bit of a, a chapter from the TEDx playbook. So we put mm. on TEDx Fargo in the summer. And that is, you know, part of the national TED Talks. And, and it's all about ideas worth spreading. Right. So we try to think, who would want to be at that? Who wants to be inspired? And that's really anyone. Um, so... From that, you know, we ask for referrals also. So when we we've worked with uh, volunteers from SCORE, which is a mentoring group of retired executives. So they tend to be 60, 70, 80. Um, and we ask them, bring your friends. Like, can you who else should be in this audience? And and that's been going really well. And, you know, your mm. Concordia students that come and they now in, emailed me back. We're, nice. We want to take buses every week and we can't <laughs> wait it. to come back. And, and that's how it spreads. Well, you use the language of spreads there and also sort of the notion of contagion. It makes me think about uh, Jonah Berger has this great, he's a marketing guy, I think at Columbia's business school, but it's called Contagious, How wow. Ideas Spread. And that strikes me, it is a super spreader event to like, to <laughs> in, a good way. in like the best kind of way. <laughs> um, but it really strikes me that like, it's, it's a place where ideas can spread and where they become concentrated. Have you, how have you kind of seen that dynamic play out? Just the kind of the spread of ideas in that space? Well, through all of our events, it's, you know, we've got more than Startup Brew. We do events 
every month, um, we really try to be intentional with if we're going to ask people to spend their time with us, how can we maximize that time and space? Yeah. So we try to get everyone in the same room having those we call accidental collisions. Right. So how do we maximize that? And so that's by intentional design. And so we see um, at Startup Brew, we have something, for example, called our give and get board. And it's kind of our way of it's a bulletin board. It's our community board, except we ask we ask you to put on a sticky note of what can you give and what do you need to get? And from there, we've seen people hire people for startups. Wow. Um, we've seen volunteers get, get connected to nonprofits. And, um, you know, because we try to create that space where people yeah. can meet each other really quickly and see what they can offer up and, and also state what they need. Yeah. And that's a way of kind of manufacturing, not manufacturing, but sort of setting up those collisions to happen. Right. right? It's all by design. Yeah. Oh, I, I love that. What are some of the trends that you're seeing right now just in the kind of Fargo-Moorhead community around... And I'll just say startup because I don't want it to sound like it's just about business, right? Like one of the things I'm learning from our colleague Bree Longamo over over at Concordia is that we really have to take a kind of entrepreneurial mindset into everything that we do. Absolutely. Like I mean, you and I are parents of young kids, so I don't know quite what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. but, but I think about it like in the nonprofit space, especially like for me and Bree in the educational space. Oh, yeah. Like this is a place that needs a deep kind of infusion, I think, of entrepreneurial mindset obviously the business place too. So like, what are some of the trends you're seeing out there around startup? I think um, I love what Bree's doing over at Concordia with this entrepreneurial mindset training, because it is, that's such a great way to put it that not everyone needs to start a business. You don't need to talk to investors. Like it's about the way you think of, if you see a problem, what's a creative solution, right? And and I think that that mindset is spreading in the Fargo-Moorhead area. So I would say that that's currently a trend is people are, you know, Maybe Silicon Valley would say that we're a couple decades behind, but we're doing it our Fargo way, right. which is it's trending for us right now. <laughs> so people are getting excited about startup activity. They're learning what what it means to be an entrepreneur, have this entrepreneurial mindset. And so because of that, we're seeing um, business ex- accelerators move into the area. Right. So we have ILT Academy. We've got Generator, we have Builders and Backers. We have a new um, Bison ex- Accelerator. Mm-hmm. So they are coming in because they're seeing that there's this energy here. And so how do we then train people and get them ready to launch their businesses at whatever stage they're at? Yeah. It's really exciting. The accelerator idea, I think, is really interesting. And we're actually on the Concordia side. P- part of my responsibility is in the interfaith space. So how do we, as a Lutheran college, uh, be hospitable partners and co- people who cooperate with people out of other faith communities, many of which are represented in our student population? That's fantastic. So we're, yeah, it, it's, it's great. And it's... Um, uh, it, it's relevant for Fargo-Moorhead, right, as it increasingly becomes a diverse place Absolutely. culturally, ethnically, religiously, all of that. So we're trying to think about the incubator model, incubator accelerator model, and what it looks like to deploy that for interfaith leaders. So Ooh. how do you create an incubator where interfaith leaders can learn how to do this in a compressed way that's also impactful? That and, is very cool. Yeah, I love the incubator model because... It, giving you a timeline adds a sense of urgency, but yeah. it also forces you to really focus because you're like, I only have X amount of time. <laughs> and then you're with like-minded people. There's some sort of curriculum, whether that's mm-hmm. loosely based or, you know, very rigid curriculum. Um, but that concept is so fascinating yeah. of, yeah, condensing that down and, I love this interfaith leaders kind of incubator. Yeah, we'll How see. Novel. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, wow, that's <laughs> well, cool. I, I, I'm not sure it's totally not. Maybe connecting with interfaith is somewhat novel, but I think, I mean, the incubator thing is sort of borrowed, right? Right. Or um, uh, adapted, I guess is yeah, one way to say it. Oh, that's really cool. So you get to see a lot of uh, 
I don't want to say young, but newer entrepreneurs, I'm guessing people who are, have, maybe they have an idea and they want to get it to execution or mm-hmm. the next stage. What do you think some of the major hangups are that you kind of consistently see for somebody who has like a great idea that's a legitimately good idea, but they need to get it to execution? Oh, that's a great question because it is it is different for everyone. Yeah. I would say some of the common challenges that we see, number one, confidence. So, mm. you know, you, you've got this idea. Here's, here's the timeline. You get this idea. You're super excited because <laughs> you're going through it in your head of this is flawless. And then you start to share it and people poke holes in it. Yeah. And that's just what people do. And especially in the business world. You know, they're trying to be realistic. Is this fundable? This isn't actually going to work. Do you have a market? And and so you start to lose confidence. So staying really focused is super important on, you know, if you've got your vision and you really think it's a good idea, then then stay focused. Don't let anyone challenge you. So stay, stay confident. Um, time is another big one. Yeah. People are working jobs. They've got families. You know, they need to fund themselves. In order to do that, they often need to work a full-time job on top of running their business. So how do you find the time to stay focused? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes capital. I think people blame that as a big challenge in the beginning mm-hmm. is, you know, oh, startups need capital. You can't build your idea without capital. And I don't really think that's true. I think capital is very important. Sometimes we need, we need money to get that you know your app off the ground or you need that first prototype or you need to hire that first person however you can get pretty far if you really just put in a little bit of elbow grease and the grunt work and that time which might mean after hours and cutting back on your full-time job which means cutting back on expenses (laughs) right right? it's all this huge juggle and so i think that those are kind of the main challenges i mean maybe another way to say that is that maybe one of the big challenges is investment Right. And maybe that's investment of money, time, energy and resources. But that's really something that is absolutely necessary. There has to be some way of investing into it. Yes. And that's a great way to put it, because if you're not fully invested in your idea, you're never going to convince someone else to be invested in your idea as well. Have you found that the Fargo-Moorhead community more broadly is receptive to kind of just the the startup environment that you all are trying to cultivate? Yes, absolutely. And I can say that with 100% confidence. I was living in another community here. I moved back about a year and a half ago. And it was hard to break in as a new startup because it was a very affluent community where unless you were raising $10 million, you kind of were falling in the shadows. But And that was not me. (laughs) But then I moved back to Fargo and I start working for Emerging Prairie and I see how many people are willing to help jump on a phone call make connections um you know spotlight media has fargo inc fargo monthly and they want to highlight our founders all the time and people are so interested in the news stories and people are coming to startup brew it is such a welcoming community so which makes me so excited my i have the best job ever because (laughs) i get to help people but also help people in a community where everyone else wants to help and they're getting really excited about what's happening here yeah i i have there is a magic sort of in this community that I have experienced to just this eagerness and, and generosity of spirit yes. around newcomers. You know, people that you, we are both newcomers within the last three years. Yeah. I think within the last three years and 
what is it about the about the community here that just makes it so open and generous and willing to just especially make the connections right like because it's it's a big enough community that i think a person could get lost in it in some sure. ways we're close to 200,000 right with both uh, on both sides of the river yeah um you could get lost in that but it's also there's a lot of opportunity there because of the size and people just seem willing to say like i know this person i know that person you need to be connected they want to help i <laughs> yeah. love that so much uh, you know, I said this to re- recently to someone is that when I, so I grew up here and yeah. left when I was so not a total 18, newcomer, not right? <laughs> totally new, although it's a new Fargo. So it just I feels feel that way. Like, yeah. <laughs> and when I was living here, when I was a kid, my mindset was, you know, what can Fargo, what can Fargo give me? Like Fargo's not giving huh. me anything. I, and I wanted to take, take, take. And then I came back and the energy that I'm seeing in this city now is what can I build here? Yeah. And it's really an exciting time where I think everyone is asking that question because there's so much opportunity that they want their neighbor to build the next big thing and they want to hear about their person at the church who's you know starting a startup and and so then they feel a sense of pride of I might Mm. not be an entrepreneur but I know somebody and so I'm going to make connections for them because I want to help them so it's kind of this growing momentum that Mm. I feel like you can almost see it's, I, you know, and you can feel yeah, this energy, feel the buzz. It. Yeah. So you you have a marketing background. So you sort of have your eye toward opportunity and, and things like that. Where do you, where are there opportunities existing right now? Maybe even just sectors of our little economy here that you feel like could use some more love and attention. Maybe that's, or where there's love, real opportunities, yeah, another way to say it. a little love and attention. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, as far as a marketing perspective, we can all always be doing a better job of sharing our stories. Yeah, so how yeah. are we telling our stories better? Um, you know, I think more in-depth business news on our startup ecosystems would be great. Huh. Uh, the private capital that's coming in. Some of these stories that are maybe a little confusing and convoluted. How do we tell those? You know, who's the right person to tell those stories of what does it mean? Like, what is the North Dakota Growth Fund? I know a lot of people hmm. don't understand it. It was it was $100 million that was unlocked from the state of North Dakota to be allocated into North Dakota startups. But for the general public, I don't think many people know what that means or what the impact could have on our state. So stories like that. I also think that Fargo, Moorhead, and North Dakota and Minnesota, Western Minnesota, could be doing a better job of branding ourselves. Huh. You know, I think we're I think we're doing a good job where we're really being honest, where this is a great place to start a business. This is a good place Mm -hmm. to raise a family, go to school. Um, But we can now elevate it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we tell those more, a little bit more fun stories? You know, I love (laughs) raising my family, but my two-year-old's not as fun as the next big startup, (laughs) right? So, you know, how do we tell both is, I think a little extra love could go go into that. Well, I think that's a common comment about sort of the Fargo-Moorhead area is just that it it has a reputation, you know, sort of outside of our circles and and having to tell the story against the backdrop of that reputation can be really challenging. Correct. What do you think are the best parts of that story that maybe a person that we might want to lift up and say like, yeah, you know, the movie and the show, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> right, like, right. Look at this yes. amazing thing. What are what are those? Gosh, well, I think, you know, the movie set us on the map. So now <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, we can't ignore it. Right. And But I think we're doing a pretty good job of using that humor to kind of draw mm. attention. So actually, I do get a lot of people from around the country that I'm having conversations with who say, I hear there's something going on in Fargo. Mm. So even if we're just kind of sparking interest, you yeah. know, we're at Emerging Prairie, we're starting to lean into this idea of how do we build the most curious city? 
And I kind hmm. of like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, how do we just use our universities and our students and these startups to show the rest of the world that we're a very curious place and we're very open to hmm. knowledge and information? Um, you know, I talk to founders all the time who have opportunities to leave and build their businesses elsewhere and they want to stay here and so i'm trying to get those stories Mm. out of them of why you know i don't want to it could be the same thing of oh it's a great place to start a family and it's safe and it's Mm. welcoming but but let's go deeper why why are you here and what i hear a lot is it's that connection the connections that they make that don't always happen in other cities you know people are Mm. busy and it's a big city, and here people are really willing to do that. Say something more about the curiosity piece. That does <clears throat> that does intrigue me a little bit. Isn't that yeah. cool? Yeah, say yeah, more about I it. I don't know. We're, we're just kind of <clears throat> playing around with it. And it, it came about that, you know, when I'm talking to the universities and we're talking to startups, people want ideas. And, you know, TEDx yeah. is, is one of our big conferences yeah. for idea generation. And when I hear more about what's going on in... AI and the drone work up at UND right. and you know all this stuff and you know you guys brought in this this major investor at Concordia Catherine from Finney, Guild yeah, Catherine yeah. Finney and um, you know we're very curious we want to learn more and I think we could yeah. lean into that of how do we we don't need to be the experts in everything we're experts in a lot we have a lot of great things manufacturing ag tech research coming out of the universities but how do we bring even more people here to be those expert mm-hmm. voices and we can learn from each other. Yeah, I also that's that is really really interesting. I think there's a lot to lean into there <clears throat> on that curiosity bit. I also I think it's adjacent to this notion that we're a border community. Literally, right? Yeah. <clears throat> we're we're on 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 the, you know, eastern border of of North Dakota, western border of Minnesota, and that border identity I think is really interesting for people who are sort of sick of our polarized culture yeah is this feels to me like a place where not just where ideas can flourish but where they can really be engaged and the part of this is coming out of my place in academia right where that's sort of like our goal you know yeah, is like to engage in really difficult yeah, ideas absolutely. but i think that border state identity is something that we can potentially lean into i like that i think you're mm-hmm. very right because There's kind of always this, you know, state divide. I'm from North Dakota. You're from Minnesota. And I think that we're starting to break that down where we see this is ridiculous. We (laughs) both have so much to learn from one another, to support one another from, you know, the resources from Minnesota could be pulled into the resources from North Dakota Mm -hmm. pulled into Western Minnesota. Um, I like that idea of what you're saying of working more together and learning from one another. And uh, we could use our the geography and the political (laughs) divide that we have literally. and I guess a geographical divide yeah, with the I river, guess right? So too, right with <laughs> but to support that idea. Well, I think it's just, that for me, it's the idea, I, I think we can have a better conversation sometimes in a place like that. Yeah. Where it's like every single day you have to have, I'm sure most of us will have encounters with people who might have really fundamentally, fundamentally different ways of thinking about what it means to live a good life, mm-hmm. what it means to build a healthy community. But we're not just sort of engaging those ideas in the weird space of like Twitter, you know, the trash pile of Twitter. Oh, but, gosh. But yeah. you know, we're rubbing shoulders with one another. We're in conversation face to face with people who are really different. And I think, I think that is a selling point for this area. I think so too. And I <clears throat> hope that's what we're building with Emerging Prairie. And I see yeah. you're doing it at Concordia and the universities are that I would love to keep the divisiveness out. It's just not helping. And, Mm. you know, politics, it has to come in. Policy influences our life every single day and everything we do. It funds academia, builds our roads and our schools. However, there's so much more that we can all 
relate on and agree on. Uh, we just need to create those spaces to learn from one another. And I hope we're doing that. I want to keep trying all the time. I, I think I think that you all are. I think that the, the emerging prairie space, the startup brew space is really very, very generative. I think the fact that it's uh, multi-generational, the fact that it's highlighting nonprofits and businesses and all kinds of different builders is is a really good start. I just want to pivot here in the last few minutes to thinking about why this stuff is important to you. So, and kind of the larger arc of your story and, and because when I hear you talk about this, this isn't just, I'm talking about my job. Like it's somehow deeply tied to your identity as a human. At least that's how it feels it to is, me as the, you know, as the one listening. So talk about true, that. Yeah. It's true. I, Never grew up in a business background. My parents were artists mm. and teachers. Mm. And when I was in grad school, I started a tech company, which was, I mean, it would be like me telling you back then I was going to grow a third arm. It was like, <laughs> it was so out of left field. And I got into that world and realized I just, I ran it for about four years, talked to investors, just got down, we'd read all the business books and realized it just wasn't quite for me, but there was something about that entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't until Brie really put that into words where I realized, oh my gosh, it's the entrepreneurial mindset that I'm mm. drawn to and it doesn't necessarily need to be entrepreneurialism. So when I found this job that I could be more a startup cheerleader rather than leading a startup, it just seemed like the perfect fit for me because I still love it's not the money and profit that I love about startups, but it's about the excitement. When somebody comes up to me at Startup Brew and they say, I, can I just tell you about this idea I've had? I get so mm. excited. And I've now, having been here a little bit while, a while, I get to follow up with those people and right. see their progress. And that is so exciting for me because that's where I, I love creative thinking. Yeah. And that's entrepreneurialism and startups and this whole world is all about creative solutions, whatever it is, whether you're making money, a yeah. nonprofit, it doesn't matter. Uh, and that's being able to inspire that brings me so much joy. Yeah. And there also seems to be just a real desire to do kind of community building around that, too. I mean, that's one of the things about Startup Brew is that it really is a community um, that persists over time and there's of course like porous boundaries there too but like it's this real uh kind of fruitful community that's being built up it is and that's another uh, another passion of mine is community building so if we can bring everybody to the table think about what we could solve think about the discussions that could be had think about the innovation and and that's what we're trying to do wow well jenny thank you so much for your time is there anything any final thoughts anything we might have missed in the conversation so far oh gosh i just i love what i do i love this area and i can't wait to see what we keep building in the next 5 10 50 years likewise jenny sheets thanks so much for your time thank you for having me yeah. This podcast is a production of the Lawrenson Center for Faith and Work at Concordia College. To learn more about the Lawrenson Center, visit our website at lawrencecenter.com. Thank you for listening.